Welcome to our next adventure with Chemology 411, a podcast about anything and everything. Kim and her guests will take you behind the scenes, behind the story, or behind the bar. So sit back, make sure your seatbelt is fastened, tray table in its upright position, all carry-ons stored under the seats. But for this adventure, electronic devices must remain on as we are ready to take off on our next adventure. Introducing Kim Schultz and Chemology 411. Hi everyone and welcome to Season 3, Episode 153. Our topic this evening is quiet quitting. I am Kim Schultz and I'm your adventure coordinator for this show. Let's say hi to my co-host Tyson Arley. Cricket. Are you being quiet? Cricket. Are you quitting on me? Hey, is that what you're doing right now? Is that how, this is, is this what it means? Like you quietly it. quit? I'd rather like, not talk about it. It's just like with, I quit. I'm doing, I'm doing plenty. It's just, I quit. Don't ask me what I'm doing. <laughs> And being as productive as ever. You are very productive. Look at you. Just sitting there. <laughs> You're such a good sitter. You're a good Holding sitter. Holding it out a chair, after all. You know, did you know that chairs float away if you don't, if you don't keep They don't, on? yes. That's your job. Your yeah. job is to sit. Yeah. I got I to gotta battle um, the anti-gravitic uh, anti uh, characteristics of a chair by keeping my weight on it. Well, I found this topic, it's like all over social media, in the news, people are talking about it. I think it's kind of funny because um, th I love the way that people act as if they came up with something new. Like they, this is the first time this has ever happened, and that they're they're like they're gonna fight for it, and they're gonna they're gonna be like you know like look at us, we're in a new quiet quitting movement. So when I looked up this quiet quitting, which it has nothing to do with quitting, it basically says that employees are going to do only what their job description shows and they're never gonna do anything more than that. They're only going to work the hours that they kind of set themselves evidently that you know they don't want to work extra hours they don't want to do the extra meetings they don't want to work over and above to prove themselves because we as a society have told them that they are so valuable that you know like every minute of your time for your employer should be justified and you know what if that's what you believe that's what you believe but i was not raised that way i was not raised that way i was raised with what we called instead of quiet quitting quitting quitters well i was what I called them were lazy workers. Yes. I called them lazy workers. The problem is that uh, at some point when, you know, everybody has so much value, blah, 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 and it turned into kind of the substitute for, well, what about the achievers? I mean, or shouldn't we value value the, the achievement and work ethic? Uh, so when you just act like everybody does have this inherent value, and they do, but there's still a difference. And especially in the workplace between the achievers and the doers and not. And when you're, when you're, to me, it's an al almost a development of this idea of, well, we don't want to have to look over your shoulder too much. We trust you as adults. You shouldn't. You no, shouldn't. You should not. Some of your people are not doing crap, and you basically know it. Yeah. So go ahead and be a confrontational boss when that happens. And I'm not saying it has to be confrontational in in the like bad way you can do it tactfully 
but you better start figuring out who your bad employees are because they're the ones who are going to be the ones who do this type of thing. And honestly, they, they do create uh, some resentment in the rest of us. They do. Oh, yeah. Let alone that they're not helping you. And you know what else they do for those that are on the border of I've always been a I've always been a hard worker and yet I don't I don't get anything extra for it. Those people who are like that and at some point they're just going to go fine. And they're not going to be the hard worker anymore. No. And we've had that our whole time. So you always had, we've and we've talked about this our, my entire life, about how you have that one, two, or three people who always seem to get a promotion. They get moved around. And basically, it's because they just don't want to fire them. So they get good things for being bad employees. We've, we, we've always had that. And I've always said is if if, if, if employers... If employers would stop and look at their employees, and if I were, because I am always the one, I the reason I don't work in an office is because I get my stuff done in half the time. And I was not going to go and make what I'm supposed to get, I'm supposed to work 40 hours to get a job done. I'm done in 20, I need to leave. So instead of paying me, $25 an hour, pay me $50 an hour, let me work my 20 hours, I'll get everything done and I'll move on. That's why I opened up my own business. Yeah. So if you're out in the workforce and that's what you want, it's called quit your job and go open up your own business and be in charge of your own hours. Yeah, but and deliverables based, not just hours measured. Employers, like what did you deliver? Employers need to think about this. All right, so I've got 10 employees and two of them pretty much suck. I'm going to get rid of those two employees. I'm going to take their their paychecks, the $100,000 that we pay for those two people, and I'm going to divide that amongst the other eight people and I'm going to say I'm going to each I'm going to give you each more money to to work, to pick up a little bit of the slack because they're not doing anything and get rid of them. I have no tolerance for people who think that they're going to do the bare minimum. I have I, I don't believe that you should you should get pay, you shouldn't get paid for what you do, but when you choose a job that you know when you're getting into it what it entails. Like I'm going to take a teacher for an instance. Teachers do not I, I was going to be a teacher. I looked at how much money they made and I thought I'm going to be an accountant cuz I want to make money. Teachers don't make money. I mean, some of them make pretty good money, but starting out, you don't make a lot of money. You know that when you go to teaching school. The reason you went to school is because you wanted to make a difference in a child's life, and it wasn't a monetary value until the world started telling you, you don't make enough money, you don't make enough money, and now a teacher is willing to put the child's education at jeopardy because they value, they want more than what the position was ever going to pay them. How did that happen? You already know that you're going to start out making $40,000 a year, $35,000 a year, whatever you start out at. You know that before you even go to school. Yet, now you think it's kind of like, well, when I get in there, I'll just, I'll just make it work. So you have teachers that are like, and this, this was a girl that, I was, that was, she was talking about being a teacher. She's like, I don't... Um, I don't do this, I don't do that, and I don't have enough time to grade their papers, 
so I don't grade their papers. If the school's not going to pay me and give me the time to grade the papers, I'm not grading the papers. Who suffers? Well, not her. Who suffers? So why are you a teacher? Yeah. Why are you a teacher? If your primary you? if your primary motivation for your position is not being properly served, then yeah, you need to get out of the field. Get out. I mean, I, mean, I you better figure out how to either prioritize better or cooperate better or coordinate with your super with your supervisor better to fill the gap, but you don't just be a baby mm-hmm. and not do something. Oh yeah, but you know, p- part of the problem is essentially it's it's always we've talked about it so many times is is management like really effective management of people right and coordination of people you can stop all of this but you know to your point of quiet quitting it's like you got to be able to figure out how to motivate that person and if not and, and that might be that you keep a closer eye in a tactful you know supremely talented supervisory way and you do ask for deliverables and check-ins and progress updates and things like that maybe just maybe eventually you turn a a person who's fairly used to not having to do crap into something that someone that's more of a productive worker but certainly not this quiet quitting crap well that that you have to be you have to be what do you call it empowered by a poor manager also to do that right well my thing is is now when you go to apply for a job if it were me i would be like here's the book of every duty that we have in this office you might do some of this at any time of the day all of this could be something that you have to do Here's also the amount of hours that you're going to have to work at this job. You won't have to work more than 60 hours, but you will probably have to work maybe 50 hours some weeks, and you're going to have to work the weekends. Do you understand that? And make them sign their piece of paper so that they understand what that job entails. Because then quiet quitting doesn't count because they're breaking their contract, and then you can let them go. If that's what it's going to take, that's what employers are going to start to do. So some employers are had this like weariness, I don't know if it's their HR department or whatever, and act like at will's not at will, and they still go, well, geez, what if they, what if they hire a lawyer? Oh yeah, yeah, the, the person making, you know, your, your $12 an hour is gonna hire a big lawyer because they, they were a crappy worker and everything. Right. But to your point, if the, if the, if the contract is, is more clear, uh, then yeah, and expectations are up front and say, you know, this is even like you, you get over to the employee handbook type of situation, right? The importance of, of an employee handbook. Um, but yeah, fill in the blanks for sure. Yeah, and, and just and be if, more clear. And not, not only that, I mean, you, there's two things. We are mentioning this, we are talking about this and you said, listen, small entity, I don't know what I might need help at. And you know right. what your job is? Helping me at helping what me I need help at. Helping me do my job. Yeah, helping and, me run um, this entire business. And and so, and on the other hand, when it's a, a big entity, you go, okay, when you're trying to figure out the job description, you don't just bring it in. So you'll be kind of doing hunch and hunch. And then the problem is if you don't, if you haven't decided what they're going to do, you just know this is an old uh, position that somebody else filled, but you also know they kind of created the position over a period of years. You're not exactly sure that what to tell this person to do going in. You should be proactive and figure it out and mm-hmm. plan what this person, you, what you want them to do in exactly. the first week. Because yeah. if you don't do that and you're just kind of too busy, especially in this remote work age, 
you're too busy with your stuff to kind of want to go through the, okay, here's what I want you to do and, and figure it out after they're in, then they're going to be sitting there kind of in the quiet going, well, I mean, and some of this is not disingenuous because you're not sure how much to bother your supervisor who is apparently working hard and you're kind of waiting to be given tasks. I've had that happen in jobs before and you know I'm a hard worker. Right. Um, so, you know, it's that you have to be more proactive about what that plan is going to look like for the first couple of months or at least few weeks, but definitely what is going to be on their plate for sure. Right. And, and you know, maybe it's a ramp up of what now is going to be. You're, you as much do this new employee as this person did before, uh, as someone who's existing. You are splitting that duty. What are you going to be cross-functional with? If you don't have that plan, then you can bring in a, an employee who is a a uh, a quiet quitter from the beginning because you didn't give them any framework for their position. Well, now for you because there's so many things to do and and it's and it's you know more one-on-one time. It's like, hey, what do you got going on? Oh, I'm doing the thing you told me. Okay, well let me know as soon as you're finished because I actually have something else uh, I need you to look at for me. You know, but. In, in other entities, it's not like that. Someone's sitting at home getting 40% remote uh, work. The other employees are not their supervisor. There's four or five that maybe could have used help. Or So figure out what it is that you want that person to be an expert in and or just be doing and well, early. Otherwise, you get a quiet quitter from the beginning. So so we have, a, we, have, we have multiple things going on after 2020. We have people who want to work remotely. And then you've got these assholes out there saying we're quiet quitting. Why would your employer want to have anybody work from home if they now have in the back of their head that you might not be doing your job? Because, tell me if I'm wrong, as an employee, and this is where employees have kind of lost, when I'm an employer and you are working between eight and five, I'm paying you to work for me. It's I'm gonna, not paying you to do your laundry. It's going to swing back. To, baby, to babysit <laughs> your kids. And it, to do all that stuff. But you guys are really screwing yourself over. If you really want to work from home, you definitely don't want the quiet quitters out there making a big stink in the society as I'm only going to do what I'm supposed to do. When you don't have management over top of somebody, when I'm working from home, I work for myself. And if I go upstairs and I do my laundry, guess who has to work later to still finish my stuff? I do. Right. I have to make sure that my time is used wisely to make everything get done and I go overboard. I don't just do my job. A client needs me, I step in for free, people. For free, they don't pay me to come in and have a three-hour meeting with them to discuss a budget or something. I don't charge my people that. You know why? Because I'm a kind-hearted person trying to help them out with their business. So here I do is I work probably 20% of my hours for people in this world for free. Why do you think that between the hours that you're getting a paycheck for, you get to choose what you do? 30 percent of those you don't even have to do. Uh, but what's here's it's gonna eventually swing back because you talk about inflation. Think about this: what else has gone? Uh, what what results in higher prices in the product or service you're trying to be able to provide? 
inefficiency. Mm-hmm. And what do we have now? What have we introduced since 2020? Because of the thing you're talking about, uh, people doing a job in an unsupervised way, they're not getting it done as quick. And so if you want to talk about this, is a this is also a direct contributor to inflation. Yeah. Even if we didn't have all the supply chain shenanigans that went on and all of the giveaways. If you go from, I can see my people at their cubes, I walk by there, they know I'm going to be walking by at any given moment. They're like, oh, oh. You know, and, and so you have that, and then all of a sudden you have they're at home, and I kind of have to... I kind of have to hope they're doing stuff because I just can't check in with them on te- on teams before I could walk around all the time. Well, you are not getting things done as efficiently. No. And if, if you're not getting them done as efficiently in a given day with a certain dollar amount of four workers at full pay, you're getting 20% less done, which means you now have to go five days instead of four. Yeah. Which is means you literally, it's literally more expensive per per result than it was before. Right. And you don't think that's part of product of, of since it is that more expensive per result, that literally means that the, the product is now more. And and, and, and and results in inflation. At some point, two or three years from now, hopefully not that long, there's gonna be these incredible companies that go, you know what? We just think we get, we're going to have a campus mentality, gosh darn it. Yes, they will. We're going to have a campus mentality. We're going to have those fun to get-togethers. And you know what? It's going to be vibrant because we're all going to be working right there. And we're going to have all of this great teamwork and and a synergy of being right there. And, you know, it's basically going to be reinvented what it was. Yep. Someone's going to do that. It will happen. And when they do that, it's a matter of whether or not it, it eventually hits the right article on LinkedIn or some bull crap. And then it's considered trendy. And uh, then also that company that does it quietly or not is suddenly going to be able to do things a lot more efficiently because yeah. they're actually being able to you know, supervise their workforce well right. and work with their workforce well instead of the people who, if left unsupervised, and all of us can fall for this, so you, if you don't have a big project right there, right. Uh, that they're just not doing as much. Because you if you're in the office, you kind of get a sense, okay, it looks like... A, I, I can see, like, think of, like, literally the office. Like, mm-hmm. Michael could see everybody, Yeah, right? you can see them all. You can see them all. And so you kind of get a sense of who is apparently not too terribly busy right now. And you get a sense of that all day. So you almost inherently, you know, even if you're not quite ready on a given day to give something to James, you know James has some time on his hands. I'm going to well, pick him. But when did, when did the employees start coming up with their job descriptions and their value? It's that's not really how work works. Work is there's a position that has a job and it has a budgeted amount of money that goes into said job. And then you get hired into that job knowing what the budget is. At no point are you going to be the boss of that job to tell the boss what to do. But yet we have that mentality so, so that how literal we are honestly these? think these people that they're trying to, they're trying, it's, it's, it's kind of like that. Are there little we're, weird we're, activists saying, we no, you about, say it out loud? Exactly. Really? They, but so, but the thing is, is like we were talking about earlier, where did $15 an hour come from? It's an arbitrary number that came out because they wanted low wage workers to start wanting $15 an hour because what does that do? It increases FICA taxes and Medicare 
and Social Security out of the paychecks. The employers are paying more money in there. The employees are paying more money in there. They're literally saving on some of the social the social service things that they had because now you're making a higher amount of money. So you're going to get a less amount of food stamps or WIC or whatever you qualify for. And if and, and people didn't realize that the government isn't looking out for you, they were looking out for the government. And so these people went out there like this. Hey, you guys, you should be making $15 an hour. What? No, we shouldn't. No, you should. And then they're like, you know what? We'll pay you so much money to go around and get all these other people to think $15 an hour. Now we've got paid people going in and telling people you're worth $15 an hour. As we said two years ago, when we talked about the $15 an hour, and you can go listen to that podcast, I said, you can make it $30 an hour and you still aren't making any more money because everything goes up with that minimum wage thing. It's not, it's, it, everything goes up. The only chance, the only chance it could have worked, there can be such thing as a, a, a true redistribution of wealth, but as we have it now, it's temporary because it's debt created. Mm -hmm. And since it's debt created, eventually the money supply uh, adjusts so that your 15 is really worth what eight was before. And we're seeing it right now. Now, if it was a a certain level of the economy and then corporations, I mean, you and I agree, there's no reason that somebody should get a $50 million golden parachute for failing for four years just because he or she was a CEO. Right. That would be, you don't get any money. You failed for you four failed. years. You're yeah. lucky to have made the money you did when you were here. Right. Good good riddance, bye-bye. So we know there's horrific, uh, you know, unequal pay practices. And so if, if there wasn't like this inflationary debt society, then corporations, you could eventually change the standard and say, no, the, the employers get this bigger percentage of the pie. I'm talking... The, the low-end employers, the CEOs don't get to make a thousand what the a thousand times what the, I mean, a millennium right. worth of what your line workers make anymore. No, you don't get to do that. It's not right. And all that stuff can start redistributing. But there's no real incentive for it when you have this debt society that just means, oh, we'll just borrow more money. Because when you borrow more money, as we saw, all of a sudden we're adding two extra trillion, then three extra trillion, then another two extra trillion. And, and just giving and giveaways, inflation was going to happen and then did. And if you don't think that we're at near 70% inflation uh, since about since about March of 2020, that's about where we are. I looked at a candy bar. I'm, 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 I, no, no, drinks on sale at one of our grocery stores. The sale price, the volume price with your card. Some of these drinks, I mean, it's mostly liquid, right? But they've got branding and... Uh, you know, apparently Garana or whatever you call that stuff is Garana. Is that bat crap? Anyway, <laughs> uh, two seventy five on sale for a little drink. I mean, you know, like a twelve ounce can. Two. Yep. And and <laughs> and then you have price gouging because you you people know that the they're they're being told by the media prices are going up, prices are going up. So other people that don't even have prices going up are like. Oh, we can put our prices up. We can up. bring our prices up. We can yeah. bring our prices up, and maybe they're bringing them up to where they needed to be. But we were on a level to where you know everything was going okay. 
poverty will always be poverty. I am, I'm sorry about that. Until you decide to work harder and want to make yourself and jump into a middle class job and get a trade or do something different, when you're in the low skilled, entry lower level, job, yeah. entry level job, you're not out there raising five kids, living, having a lake home and all that stuff. Let me ask you this. When it comes to a salary in your brain, if you look at it, what do you think is a really good salary? Just if, if what would you what would you say? What is a good I mean, salary? I, I don't want to take away from my eligibility. Women hear up hear my voice, and they're you know they're just they're all going, they're all over oh, there. Oh yes, he's and, probably six foot but, two. <laughs> uh, so, but let's say, ladies, okay. he comes with a six pack. It's yeah, Bud Light, but. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's insulated, um, yes. but uh, so, in but, your brain, in your brain, because everybody, what is a everybody, good salary? everybody okay. has an a idea of a salary. different salaries. Usually, people think it's probably about thirty to fifty percent more than they make to answer your, and that's where it would fall for me. So let's say I hate to say it, but a good salary, a good salary is seven is eighty thousand. 75 to 80,000. Nothing wrong with it's a little bit lower than that. But if I if I were like, you know what? That would be sweet. And so, not 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 being greedy, but just like, okay, that's what somebody uh it, not everybody should get that. So but that's not your and question. You are correct. So you're you are talking more than what you make. So now you come down here at somebody that's making $30,000 a year. If I were to ask them, what is a really good amount of money to make? They're gonna say fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year. That's where their brains are. That's that's how we work. Nobody even believes that they can make a hundred thousand dollars a year. When you say I make a hundred thousand dollars a year, there are people like, oh my god, but they don't realize that that hundred thousand dollars a year is actually only seventy five thousand dollars because they've taken twenty five percent of your pay in taxes, so it's seventy five thousand dollars. When you make $60,000, you're making $50,000. So that $60,000 person is only making 25, the other $100,000 person from 60,000 is only making $25,000 more, more than a $60,000 a year job. But in your brain, you're thinking 40,000. But when you get up there, that high tax brackets. So as, as, as money for me, I always say that I don't even say my income I say I want to pay $15,000 a year in federal taxes. That's my goal. $15,000 a year. That's about 200 and some thousand dollars a year that you can make. That's what I want to make. I want to pay those some taxes. Some people will get that much just from the from the uh, uh, IRS based welfare welfare system, system. Every year. but i want to pay right I, and i got you i want to pay in fifteen thousand dollars a year that's where i'm at right now because i do money i don't have a dollar amount i know that i want to make over 200 250,000 a year is what i'd be comfortable at making so that i could start putting a bunch away a bunch away for um retirement because I really don't have that because I'm self-employed. But in order for me to make that, I have to sit back and I'd have to make $500,000 a year. I'd have to pay two people to work for me so that I could make $250,000 a year. Do you see how big my business would have to be? Yeah. So like and, you and have to, to, you have to point, grow it. To your point, I mean, we kind of know this, but 
if you just think of what your take-home pay is. Now, granted, that sometimes it's because you have a nice little pension thing going, and you 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 go you put some stuff into that. But like I lose, let's see, I lose uh, over or over one third of my money. I don't even make very much money. Right. Over one one third of my money never gets to me. Uh, at least not in a, an immediate paycheck. Like I right. said, I do have uh, some pension going on, but it's uh, it's something like that. It's a decent amount of money that Comes so twenty five percent doesn't even get to me. But if you're making twenty five or thirty thousand dollars a year, they're still making. They're not taking thirty one percent because they don't have their right. retirement. They're barely taking out any taxes. A lot of them are exempt, so they're bringing home that thirty. So let's just say that you make fifty thousand dollars a year. You're probably bringing home probably thirty nine thousand dollars a year. Somebody making thirty five thousand dollars a year is bringing home thirty two thousand dollars a year. They're making you're making fifteen thousand dollars more, but yet they're bringing home yeah, $8,000 it, it, less because we, of the taxes. We've talked about it before, too. It, it is it, it does kind of suck to be uh, just, I mean, it's the life I chose, don't get me wrong, but like how much more does someone who's married actually get in value from their company that subsidizes their health care? Yeah. I mean, it's fifteen to $20,000 more in value than an individual person who doesn't use their health care very much and does a high deductible. Right. I mean, because they they pay a lot more for someone who is a higher higher user of healthcare. Yeah. Little if they're paying for family, and I don't see any of that difference. You know, no. but it, yeah, there's there's a lot of kind of unfair stuff that way. So back to quiet quitting. At first of all, that's just a, I don't even know where that term came from. I think it's probably some moron out there that was just like. I'm quietly quitting for the day as opposed to quitting the job. It's just like, I'm just I'm just quitting on my time and I'm not gonna do overtime. You work at Goodyear, there's mandatory overtime. I don't think you're gonna give up your 20, 30, $40 an hour job because you don't wanna do your own time. You're gonna work your overtime. So I say to the yeah. employers out there, this is this is what I would do. First of all, I would have a job description that lists every possibility in there and telling them that this job could entail that. And you're and, and then what the employees are gonna expectations. say is they're gonna say is, well, we just it's just hard to get anybody to work right now. Then close your fucking business. Yep. Close it down. Why would you why would you have a business and just bring in a bunch of lazy people? and filter out the money and you barely make any money. You probably could go find a job working your ass off for somebody, making more money than you do at the company. So people out there, this is what I would do. Now, I would say I would say that if you have people, I would evaluate them. Yeah. And if you've got really good people, get rid of the bad people, give the good people raises, and they will work for you. And or... Always keep the best people I know because I've always been the victim of this. Uh, I've always been the victim. I've always delivered exceptional value and results. And so it's really irritating me that humans aren't better at this, that they're not more dynamic. When you have a position where you already know someone is great in the position they're doing delivers extra value, don't use your little small-mindedness and go, yeah, but he probably couldn't do this position. Why couldn't he? Right. 
Oh, he found his exact little fit. Yeah, really? he's right there. Really? Yeah, he's that's exact. This is exactly. You're what so I, lazy. What you don't want to train somebody for. else. You'd rather train. You. The thing is, is that they're thinking, why train two people to do two jobs when we already have someone that does this job? So we're, we're going to bring somebody so well. else. But guess what? That's going to cause the resentment. <laughs> they're going to cause the resentment on your of the lower job people, and hence quiet quitting. To, to your point, if you have a proven worker that you now know the the result are in okay you know it then that the value that's in your pocket now you know burden hand is worth two in the bush you know like what do you know what's your what, what's your absolute predictable the predictable is this person granted in another position you can count on them and you can count on them to care and not be a quiet quitter what do you think they're gonna do once they once you give them another position are they, are they going to have a little bit of learning to do? Well, yes, but they're used to your culture. They're used to your company. The new person may or may not be. And you don't know if they're a quiet quitter. And this is why it's interesting to me. Uh, and I'm not saying this is always... I always kind of wonder. And this comes up like I, I get to be on interview calls now. I get to be on interview teams. And whenever you see somebody just kind of here for a year, there for a year, here for a year, you do kind of go, well... Not saying that that's bad, but it is a question mark. Right. And then by the same token, some people think that if someone's been someplace for five years, that's too long. I don't at all. It kind of right. depends on the rest of their history as far as maybe if they have a, a broad experience or not, if they can explain it. But, yeah, I mean, the, the value, there's never a more important time than right now to manage your folks. Right. Like if you think, you know, when they say, you you came here just to be a chef. All these commercials about you didn't come here to have to learn bookkeeping and this and that. Well, that's absolutely true. But unfortunately, if you're the entrepreneur, there's no time like the present to try to understand how to be a good manager of humans. Yeah. I know you wanted to manage pastries. I get it. But you open the business. And so if you want that to work well, you better find the shortcuts. And I'm not saying you have to spend all your time, but you better read some stuff. You start picking people's brains, people like Kim or somebody, yep. uh, and, and understand what do I do to make my workforce stable and effective. And there's so many strategies. You better get them in line or your costs are going to go up. I mean, how many people lost their... Oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw on LinkedIn, uh, the, the uh, city that we live in, has had record growth in the last year if compared to the previous year. Well, that's because a lot of people from California and New York are coming to the Midwest because of our cost until everything explodes and then they have to move back because, like we said, they're going to have to go back to the offices. Well, it was dollar amount. That's my oh, point. Yeah. It was year over year. Oh. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. if you look at, uh, at something that's Everything's gone post, up in price. Post-recovery, yeah. and if you look at dollar yeah. amount. Dumb. So... Anyway. so I was listening to, and then we'll close it down. Um, I was listening to um, an economist, and uh, he said that within the next three, two to three years, 30% of the businesses are going to close. We haven't even started with the ramifications. We know that some people are going to close, but they're still they're still living off the tails of the money. Yep. So here's here's out to these quiet quinners. The owners of the companies that are closing are going to get smart and they're going to join up with each other and they're all going to be, they're going to be okay. 
and they're going to open up different businesses doing using different directions and looking for good people and you're not going to be one of them right especially if you're on social media and there's i just like the adults <laughs> out there that are just like you that company owes you. They owe you the paycheck that you signed up for. I don't understand why you think so, or allow anybody to tell you any differently if your employer says that you're going to make you're going to make $15 an hour, $20 an hour, $25 an hour. You. That's your value for that job. You don't get to devalue or upvalue yourself and be like, "Well, I they only pay me 30, but I think I'm worth 35." And so now instead of working 40 hours I'm gonna work my 35 hours and that's gonna get my value and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be on Facebook and I'm just gonna do my laundry and I'm just gonna do it will catch up to you and you will regret it and and right now I'm making fun of you because you're just lazy now I'm not saying there are some very bad employers out there right very bad Quit your fucking job. If you've got an employer that is doing anything bad, I know you're like, it's so easy for you to say. I have worked four jobs. Go wait at a go wait tables. Go find a retail job until you find a different job. Stop staying in bad jobs and then blaming them for being bad when then you are being bad. It doesn't fix anything. Yeah. So and yeah, two, the two wrongs don't make a right. And then uh what did I what did I say? I've been pretty fascinated with the Ennea type. Ennea, Enneagram, Enneagrams. Enneagrams that we did maybe five episodes back. A really cool personality thing. And I realized that uh, I've never identified as being anybody who's like all like, oh, I just gotta want to help the world so much and build a house. And I love that people do that. And that's and me. I've, and I've also never done that. But then I realized, well, I, I put so much effort into work that it's like so that's kind of the same thing like i am very very much a helper so that's one of them it's like i'm way a helper like one of those like you're a compulsive helper and 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 it made me think kind of to your point it's like these people who think well i deserve it and then they have this identity outside of work of how awesome they are and they might be outside of they're work. building houses for they, free they, but they, they won't be. do their job <laughs> Yeah, and so and so as so I I thought, you know what? That's where you're supposed to provide value. You literally entered into a good faith bargain and deal to in exchange for eight hours a day or whatever the situation is, you get basically all the income you have. Right. It's not a horrific deal, and you shouldn't be breaking it. Yeah, and, and you if you're chose going it. to break it. <laughs> Then you really are breaking a deal. Ultimately, and nobody forced you. And if you don't like the you. deal, then you get out of that contract right. and make another deal. Nobody forced you to say yes to a job. I get the fact. I, I know people are going to be like, "Oh yeah, well I have to pay my bills." You know what? Go find something else to pay your bills with. There are, are a lot of different jobs that might not fit up to your standards. I mean, you might have to work hard at them, but I literally had three to four jobs raising my daughter, and I always had income coming in, and when I needed more income, you know what I did? I went and got another job so that I could pay a bill, and then I'd be out of that job. I would find little things to do, and I would work my ass off, and I am a giver. I like to volunteer. That's why I do Slash and Bash. That's why I do those kind of things, to help other people. But I give away, I used to give away 40% of my time 
and 60% I got paid for. That's what I did. Now it is 20% of my time and I get paid for 80% of what I do. And that's because I decided to manifest it. And in 2018, I changed the dynamics because I realized that some of the stuff I was doing had a value in monetary and that I didn't want to do it unless I got paid for it. And that's because I own my own company and yeah. I can do and, what and we, I want. And and if, if you're new to the podcast, then we're certainly not... I mean, we have all kinds of episodes and discussions about yeah. making sure you understand your own value and you get and you get your own value. Correct. Uh, so that's, you know, we can two different you can think about two different opposing things. It doesn't make you, you right. know, a, a, a hypocrite. It's all about nuance and, and discussion. And so, yes, we definitely Find your always value. always said, you know, find your value. Be, yes. But also, there's a difference between finding your value and also not just underneath, under the table, breaking a deal. Right. You know? Your value and what you think you're valued is your own value. When you enter into a relationship or a contract at an employer, you're working under what they value the position for, the job for. Unfortunately, that's what work is work is about and that they might reward you or give you a bonus if you do do your job better and give you raises and all that kind of stuff but there's a lot more to it if you really 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 want to have that value of yourself and want to be in control then open up your own company and have your own value and then find yourself when you're quiet quitting your own company, how it falls apart when you don't get everything done that you're supposed to because you've decided, I'm just not gonna do it. I've just worked, you know, it's tax season. I've worked my eight hours today. I'm just gonna not finish up these taxes and then I'm gonna, oh, guess think, what? Think of the trust. You lose your people. Think you, of the trust that you, now that person that had that dream said, I need you to help me with my dream i have enough work that i can't do it myself and there's no way i would do this poorly they have trusted you to to hand off some of that work so that that can continue and for you to just break that trust not cool that said finding value we should probably do something about this yeah. i don't know if you've ever looked at it, working with your supervisor and speaking of being a good supervisor in, in some, in a, maybe a larger entity where you can report better as to how you did and really build your eval towards something that is measurable and truly deliverable. So you do have the argument that you should be a four instead of a, a, just the average three or even a five. There's definitely something to that strategy of not just having an, uh, a kind of an eval, but uh, a, a real actionable, I think it's but smart you based. also have to remember that all money comes from increase in profits of a company. So they have to have more right. money right. to be able to pay you more. And when they're paying you money and having to pay you more money at that rate and pay more people to do the job that you're supposed to be doing, but now everybody's picking up your slack, you're using up more of that money that they could use to give out bonuses, but they're paying it to people who are not doing their job well what I mean by that is if you want to help find your value one yeah. way that one way you can get your value if you are working hard 
is to be able to report to that because a lot of times your supervisor might know holy crap that person works hard but they can't explain it easily to somebody yeah, else exactly uh, and so then you can you know maybe find out that you know I always thought I, I should probably make ten thousand dollars a year more here and then all of a sudden your supervisor you've been working with them you have something actionable with results and your arguments a lot better and all of a sudden you can get closer to that 10,000 because maybe every single year and and those results that you're looking for are bottom line base i mean it's right. it's clear if it's if it, even if it come doesn't come out in dollars per se that oh geez if they're doing that much better that has to help us it has to be helping our bottom line um you know so that's that's another interesting topic. Or you're nonstop looking for jobs that are going to pay you what your value is. I mean, you, you not everybody's going to. I mean, if you enter a job making forty thousand dollars a year, and you want to make sixty thousand dollars a year, how many dollar raises do you have to get a year? How how many years do you have to be there to get a twenty thousand dollar a year raise? Or you go and you apply for other jobs that start out at $60,000 a year. So th those jobs nowadays are not meant for you to be there the whole time. You are responsible for your own money. You have to go out and look. We expect employers to have the time or even the decency to care about what your value is, and they don't. They've got 50 people that they have to deal with, and all they want to do is get their job just, done and yeah, get their paycheck. Yeah, just always remember, most people are not, most people, and that includes most managers and supervisors, are not that dynamic. No. They're just not. It's just hard. Unfortunately. Because <laughs> they're overworked just like you are. Just like you are, they're All working these great, tons you know, of hours. What, my supervisor said something about uh, the approach that, I don't know, Dave Ramsey does. I, listen, I like Dave Ramsey. I've I never don't. been any an incredible and fan of him, and I don't listen to him. I like some of his ideas. But anyway, he has a particular approach, allegedly, at Dave Ramsey Institute. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, the alleged approach is to you know kind of partner with your employee and then you kind of start coaching them and then they get better and better yeah. and so on and so forth but um if that's the case then that's that's a rarity you know yeah. that 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 is a rarity which so, are, which of the 50 employees does that boss get to pick to coach in their 60 hour a week work week that they're already working thank you dave but that would be like well i didn't really i didn't really state it right i'm sure but and I, I still, i've never I read the like only it. thing i've read is his total money makeover i don't know anything about this is supposedly his approach to get people to become i get more. the fact but you're responsible for your own job and if yeah. your boss is not giving you the value that you want, it's not quite quitting your job. You're being lazy. Go find a job that pays you what you want to make and doing the job that you want to do. You don't have to quit your job until you find another job. But stop taking up jobs that other people could have and do a good job at by you just doing the bare minimum because you're lazy. You're not quite quitting. In my mind, you're lazy. You're mad at me, more than welcome to send me a message, but I'm the person in there working my ass off, doing your job, doing other people's jobs, because they can't do it. I already do it for multiple people, but I just step in and I just do it. It's not even my job, but it needs to get done and I do it. Then I send an email and I'm like, that's done. And they're like, oh my God, you're awesome. Do I get paid more for that? No, I don't. But what it does is it keeps my business growing as if I'm awesome and my money comes later on down the line through somebody else of me building and growing my business. So if you want more money, 
Go find a job that's, that treats you the way you want to be treated. But if you think doing the bare minimum is an okay thing to brag about, it's not. And you're going to really piss off all the people that are quietly sitting at home trying to do their laundry while they're on the clock. When the employer goes, I don't trust you. This quiet quitting, we want to have all of our arms around you. And as much as they want to pay those people on TikTok to pretend to be these other people to convince you that this is really what's going on, it's not. These are all fake people. Well, They're not real this, people. Boy, this sounds like a it's marketing. excursion. Yeah, it's marketing. So anyway, we're going to talk more about all of that stuff another time because it's just getting ridiculous. I've got a lot of topics on my list that we're gonna be going over the next month. And then we only have a couple more episodes and we're gonna be celebrating our three year anniversary. Three years of doing the podcast, that's awesome. All right guys, thank you so much for taking your time to be with us on this episode 153. I'm not quiet about quiet quitting. We gotta do something for three years when that comes up. Axe we do. We have to do something. We appreciate our listeners. We're always excited about how our show keeps growing. Go to Facebook, Kimology 411, or you can send a message on Anchor FM. Um, thanks, Tyson, for helping make Kimology 411 so awesome. You're welcome. All right, guys, keep taking all of your adventures, and we will talk to you soon. Bye bye.